Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have Anne with me, and Anne, for over 20 years, has been equipping individuals and organizations to communicate in a way that aligns with their values to build close connections. She's a certified John Maxwell team coach, speaker, and trainer with For Better Forever, which she co-founded with her husband, Melise. Fun fact, Melise and Anne have been married 42 years, and together they own a family farm with beautiful island of Prince Edward in Canada. And they have five adult children and 11 beautiful grandchildren. Thank you so much for being here today, Anne. Well, thank you for the invitation to be here to today, Dr. Caroline. I am very excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. And we definitely want to dive into your journey because you have so much experience in relationships and connection <laughs> as well. But if you could share with us your journey on the entrepreneur route and what that's been like, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper. Sure. I do what I do because of a very pivotal conversation that I had with my husband that changed the trajectory of my life of our marriage and of our home and our business was born out of that very pivotal conversation and it started with a 14-year journey in volunteering and and working with couples and working with women to help them communicate in a way that really aligns with their values and what's important to them mm. I, I love that, especially coming from marriage and family therapy myself as a therapist, former therapist. But I think it's so important, the connections, what we have in the household, the, just how we really align with one another too. But I would love for you to ex um, really explain a little bit more about that journey, that conversation after you had that conversation and all the volunteer work. What was that initial thought of like, let's make this into a business? Well, I married my high school sweetheart. I met him one summer when I literally could not outrun him. <laughs> and that year I was writing him notes. I shamelessly chased him. I just wanted a date. I just wanted a date. I was head over heels for this tall, Dutch, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. And then two years later, we married. And I still remember the wedding photographer saying, I have never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other. Yeah. So we were crazy in love, Dr. Caroline. And then life circumstances caught up to us. And I'm sure you've heard this so many times in the counselor's chair, but Melison, he was new to farming when we first got married and there were challenges there on the farm and there were challenges in that relationship as he was learning from his dad. And he often came home frustrated and I would wonder, what did I do? And the reality is I hadn't done anything. It was what had happened at work. But being this newbie in marriage, being pregnant one month after we were married and very, very sick on the couch, just couldn't move. And we know a lot happens in that first year of marriage, right? And, and we were unable to do that work because I was sick and he, we didn't know how to communicate what was happening inside of us. It was such a tough way to start marriage. And then fast forward, we had five children in six years. 
We'll let that land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was busy. It was crazy. It was busy with farm life and busy with kids. And we just slowly drifted apart. My friend calls that creeping separateness. And I love that term because that's exactly what it felt like. It just felt like we were gradually, there was this emotional space between us. Mm -hmm. And and so I was becoming more resentful. And on one particular night, we sat in, it was a, it was a date, and we sat in our front. I looked at him and I said, I can't do this anymore. And he looked at me and I could see that panic in his eyes. And he said, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I said, I, I can't do marriage like this anymore. We just, we just kept going around and around the same old thing and not resolving anything. And I was so tired and so hurt. But that night he heard my heart. And then for the first time in a very long time, he shared his heart with me. And I had been so wrapped up in myself and my own pain that I, and caring for our children, that I missed his pain. But that night we recommitted to each other. We would get the help that we needed in order to get well, to close that emotional space that we felt in our marriage, because we knew what it was like to be in love, to be, to love and to be loved. We wanted to get back to that. And this pivotal conversation disrupted what was not working. And it gave us the opportunity. And I always put that in air quotes for my people. Oh, you have an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> to do something different and we desperately needed something to change and so we stumbled on that secret more than 20 years ago and I was able to share my unhappiness in a different way in a way that it, it opened him up so that he could hear my heart and then it enabled me to hear his heart and so that pivotal conversation changed everything for us. And, and we looked at each other. So we started to read vivaciously everything on marriage. And as we put into practice the things that we were learning, we started to get better. And we said, you know, we can't keep this to ourselves. We have to share this with other people. And so together we mentored many couples pre-married couples and couples that were in distress and we would have them come to our doctors our local doctor's clinic and it was very professional but we didn't charge we volunteered for 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 14 years i was i was giving it away but in the meantime i was gaining skills too about what worked and what didn't work and and just the very support of having somebody listen to your story what i found was incredibly powerful so that was one of the very first lessons that we learned was, you know, how to communicate, how to have those pivotal conversations, how to the power of vulnerability, the power of being vulnerable with each other. We were not communicating at deep levels of communication. Mm -hmm. So we took what we were learning and we put it into a framework for pivotal conversations. Mm -hmm. And we, as we were working, our, a local counselor, he, he recommended us, referred us, mm -hmm. or referred people to us, especially pre-married couples. Mm -hmm. um, 
that we could just walk alongside of a young couple as they were getting ready to, to marry. And then from there, um, we decided we needed more training and we went to the John Maxwell uh, certification training mm -hmm. and there we were equipped with coaching and I was already working with people, women and couples. Mm -hmm. And so I started immediately to put that coaches training into action. And I saw the power of coaching versus mentoring and then um, just the transformation that could happen in the coach's seat when in the coaching relationship, when someone feels heard and listened to, when someone is given space to think deeply. I don't think there are very many spaces where we're blessed to think deeply as to what's going on inside of me. What are the habits that are getting me stuck? What are the mindsets around this situation? And why am I stuck in this place? Why am I doing the same thing, even though it's not working? I, I really <laughs> love the fact that like just your experience, how you're really allowing it to help so many people too, and being able to do the work. And a lot of times with couples as well, it's being able to both be open, both be vulnerable, but also both want it to work. And it sounds exactly what happened with you and your husband as well, of just really looking at it of, okay, we want this to work and being open and him really hearing your heart to have that conversation, that pivotal conversation that allowed you both to do the work. And now you're helping so many couples in that position that you were in. And you're right. There's like this emotional discord sometimes where we don't even realize it, but awareness is key and being able to recognize, okay, something needs to shift because this can't keep going on the way it's going on with relationships, because it's a partnership with children involved and young children at the time, it sounds like, but being able to work through that and all the work that you did for those couples for 14 years of volunteering, your time, your energy, your resources of just giving back, because I mean, it's so important. Our relationships are I value relationships so much. So I understand at least, and I'm sure other people watching as well do. And, you know, it goes back to that communication piece. Like what you said when you were sick on the couch and you were pregnant and your husband was going to work and feeling like, oh, it was something I was doing. But real the reality was there was just the communication piece and having those open dialogues and conversations, like you're saying, in a safe space where you can just, think about it and unload that story because when we carry it within, it just festers inside. But having you and Elise to be able to have that space, I think is so key for couples as well, being able to really vocalize it and not feel like, oh, it's just me going through this or it's my fault when it's two to tango, <laughs> essentially. It's so incredibly helpful to know that we're not alone, that I think all couples struggle. And I think the bravest thing we can do is go for help or ask for help or reach out for help. And, and um, I have, I, it, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child, but I say it takes a village, a team around me to keep me running. <laughs> yes. And I'm so great. I'm so grateful for the people people in my life that help me to continue that can answer my questions, you know, people who are a little bit further ahead than I am, whether it's in business or relationship, or, you know, grandparenting now, people that are a little bit further ahead than I am that can help me manage or work through challenges. And I think we do a great disservice not to reach out for help. And I think it's the bravest, strongest thing in the world that we can do. 
I completely concur. <laughs> it, it's true. It, it's very hard to reach for help, but it's being able to realize that it does. Uh, it's actually the strength within to ask the courage to ask for help because we can't do it alone. And we might think that like even in a relationship, sometimes we need that third party to come in to really help in a professional setting or in a coaching setting where you're helping guide them to a solution, whatever that looks like, or having the tools to move forward and communication and all those wonderful things that sometimes get buried underneath it because we just don't know how to or haven't been taught or modeled or anything like that, at least from what I've seen. But I love what you do. And I would love for you to share maybe one or two um, client success stories that you've had where you really helped a couple overcome what they were dealing with in that moment or in their journey working with you. I would love to share a testimony that one of our women, she had written to me. She said, can I just read that to you, that testimony? Yes, please. She said, I felt like writing this today. You can do with it whatever you want. She said, I joined uh, the sisterhood. So I have a membership, Dr. Caroline, for, for Christian women. It's called the Sisterhood Journey. And she's also coaching clients. She said, I joined the Sisterhood Journey during a personal crisis in my life when I knew I needed support. I was pretty nervous about meeting and sharing with a group of strange women that I've never met, but they didn't stay strange long. These women quickly embraced me and walked with me through a difficult time. In the months since I've joined, the Sisterhood has become so much more to me. It is a place of belonging where it's safe to be real on the good days and the bad. It's a place where I can learn from others as I witness their journeys, which I think is part of the power of it, Dr. Caroline, where I can witness their journeys and I can be encouraged as I share my own. It's a place where I can grow more and more into the person God created me to be. I love Anne's teaching and leading. Each week, she challenges us to take the next steps that will help us to make an impact in our world. She celebrates our wins as we share what's working, and she helps us problem solve through roadblocks that come up. She creates an atmosphere of kindness and support as she facilitates the discussion. I'm embarrassed to be reading this. I, it's been a long time since I've read this one. No, no, please continue. It's beautiful. <laughs> she said, I am so very thankful for this amazing group of women and the difference they are making. Joining the sisterhood was one of the best decisions I made in this past year. So that's from Sherilyn. She's given us her name and permission to use her name and the journey that she has been on, the benefits that um, Sherilyn has received after a, working through, having support, working through a time of crisis, and then being able to be healthier. She's a healthier version of herself now. Uh, physically, emotionally, and, and mentally all the way around. Like she's just so much stronger. She's pursuing things that are pa she's passionate about. She's a homeschooler. She loves to homeschool. And it's just exciting to see her. Um, it's exciting to see her grow and the transformation that has happened for her. Oh, what a beautiful testimonial. And thank you so much for sharing what she had said. And those words have power. And it just shows too, that it's a testimonial to you and the work you're doing in the spaces you're creating, because I think that's so important. And you brought up something important in that um, 
what she had said is the roadblocks. And a lot of times we face roadblocks, especially in life, in business. I know you've already mentioned a few, but what was maybe any roadblocks you experienced while you were building your business after you moved from volunteering to actually creating and going through John Maxwell's trainings to creating the business aspect of it? if you have any roadblocks. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. So I had 14 years of experience. Mm -hmm. It's like a pie, yeah. 14 years of experience. And then I had this John Maxwell training, which is very business oriented. I'm not, I'm not business to business. I am a coach working with individual people. Mm -hmm. And, and then I had all this marriage training mm -hmm. and, but I primarily work with women and it was like this pie that my, my daughter now works with me, Dr. Caroline, and we're looking at this pie and we're thinking, how do we bring this all together and, and streamline our message so that our message is clear about who we work with and what we do. And just being able to clarify that message has taken mm -hmm. us way too long. <laughs> <laughs> but we are finally there. We are finally there where we're creating a funnel and we're working on building that business around pivotal conversations. Mm -hmm. I knew that when we started that when couples come to me, often it's a woman and she's saying, I don't understand him and he doesn't talk to me and we're not doing very well. So it's all about communication. But then it was, how do we convey that message of let's work on your communication so that everything else in your life can improve? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the biggest roadblocks. And the other roadblock is there are so many messages out there about how to build a business build a website, build, build it on Facebook, build it on Instagram. There are so many messages, build a funnel. And in the beginning, I spent a lot of money on a website that we hardly ever use, but it's there. And then we had to revamp it as our message was changing it. And all of that costs money and costs time. Mm -hmm. and, and so to be able to streamline the message in the beginning is so incredibly helpful, not to spend a whole lot of money on a fancy website, but to focus more. If it's a business, we need to be bringing in some cash flow. Otherwise, it's not really a business, it's a hobby. And I truly want to build a business. I want to pay my daughter well. I want to hire other people that I can pay well and support other families. I want to have a thriving business so that the people that we, that we can impact more people. Mm -hmm. And I know that the changes and transformation that our women have experienced within the membership and within the one-on-one -on -one coaching mm -hmm. is phenomenal. It has changed their lives. Some have found dream jobs. Some have better relationships at home in their marriage. Some have fallen in love again. Others have left really difficult marriages because it, they needed to, and they are thriving. Mm. Um, just saw one lady recently, and my husband said to me, she looks so good. He hadn't seen her in a very long time, and he was just amazed at the at how well she looked and, and how well she was doing and the confidence that she exuded. Mm. And it's just so wonderful to see. I want to see more people experience that kind of transformation. Yes. I agree. I think it's so important to recognize too, like, I love the tips you gave or not the tips, but the lessons that you've experienced and learned, 
with when it comes to roadblocks, when it's not about the fancy website or you could have the best website, but if you're not driving in traffic or getting clients, it's not going to pay for itself one, but also it's what you said about the message is getting clear on the message. And I know a lot of business owners struggle with that. I know I've struggled with that over the years as well. It like keeps getting more formed into what I really want, but I think it's important and people need to know what do you do? What is your message to the world? And I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of people do struggle with that. So you're not alone, but it's getting clear on that as well. And you don't need to have all the social media, all the funnels, everything possible to create a successful business. That's an avenue, but it's not the end all be all. Um, So I'm glad you brought that up. And it's amazing that you get to work with your daughter too. I'm sure that's just so phenomenal. I know I work with my mom too, (laughs) Um, in some capacities. (laughs) So it's definitely fun. And just being able to have that support is huge as well. Um, But I, I think you're right. It goes back to communication and creating these spaces to empower individuals. And usually it is, I would say nine out of 10 times in when I was practicing, it would be the wife coming in or the girlfriend, um, the female partner coming in, or if it was two females as well, but really understanding the dynamic of what you can create for people and knowing that you're not alone in creating the space, but the more people that know about your amazing services, the more people can get the help they need. All of the work that we do is based on the lessons that we have learned. I want results for my people. I don't care about the academics of, Mm -hmm. I don't care about the academics so much as I want results for our people. And so everything that we teach is based on the results that our people are getting and the results that we've seen and what really truly works. And so I'm really excited to be able to bring that to people so that they can get the results that they're looking for to create the relationships that they want to create, to find that closeness that they're looking for in their relationships. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've noticed in, um, Mm -hmm. for my women in particular, who tend to be people pleasers, Uh, yeah. So one of the challenges that they also have is these really big emotions. And so in our pivotal conversations framework the first C, we call it the three C's is check emotions Mm -hmm. because those big emotions can throw off a really effective conversation and we can throw it off before we even start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I had this experience with my, um, I was sitting with my daughter at the kitchen table and I mm-hmm. was sharing with her a conversation I knew I needed to have with our son. Yeah. And I blurted out in that moment, I just don't trust him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my adult daughter looked at me and she said, mom, that's awful. <laughs> you need to check that. And, you know, as soon as it was out of my mouth, I knew how awful it was. I knew it wasn't right. I knew, and she knew too, this wasn't where her brother was. Uh, He was not untrustworthy. This was something going on in my heart and in my mind, but it was causing these big emotions for me. And when I went to my, I call it my thinking chair, Dr. Caroline, where I do my best thinking. And I sat and I journaled out some questions. And the questions are like, what am I feeling? feeling? What am I thinking? What's really troubling me here? And what do I really want? And as I journaled out those questions, I recognized that I was stuck back in 2005. Mm -hmm. 
my emotions were back in 2005 when we had really significant challenges raising this young man. Mm -hmm. But my emotions were not current with where he was now because he had now grown. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to line up with where he was now in order to have a better conversation with him about boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then later in that day, when I had that conversation, it was got like, it was done in no time. That was no big deal, but it wasn't, it was a conversation I needed to have, but because I was able to check those emotions and to understand what I was thinking and where I was and how I was getting stuck, that pivotal conversation went so much better. That's the first C of pivotal conversations, check emotions so that we don't sabotage the conversation before it even starts. Yeah. Oh, that is powerful. And it's hard. It's hard when the emotions are running high and it's being able to check those, to understand those. So you can take a step back to really have that pivotal conversation that needs to happen so the emotions aren't involved. It's just more the logic. Like it's important to understand your emotions, but being able to recognize what's happening so you can have that effective conversation and the other person actually hears you and understands what you're saying at the same time as well. I think that's so important. And I'm curious because you have worked with so many couples, what has been like two or three common themes you see constantly across the board with the women you work with, but also with couples too? One of the big common denominators is mm-hmm. my kind-hearted people don't like to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're too agreeable. I'm too agreeable. I can be too agreeable. I'm learning to do better, Dr. Caroline. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that that was one of the first marriage lessons that we learned is that conflict is the doorway to intimacy. That's Dr. Gary Smalley taught us that Mm -hmm. don't know the man, but read his book and applied it. Conflict is the doorway to intimacy. And then intimacy is into me, you see. And so when we fight well, I not only get to hear your heart and what's important to you and what you value and why you're being triggered or what's happening inside of you, I get a deeper understanding of that. But in that conversation, I will likely also get a deeper understanding of me and my heart and what's going on inside of me. And so it's not to be afraid of conflict, not to be afraid of it, but instead to see it as an opportunity to grow closer together because we're going to learn more about each other in the midst of conflict. That's one of the big common denominators that I see for my kind hearted people. They don't want to fight. They don't know how to fight when they delay it. It only gets worse. It builds and builds and builds inside until one person explodes. And that's not the kind of fight that's helpful. That's going to create that emotional space within us, our relationship. But if we can know how to assertively speak our hearts. One of the challenges is because we delay it, I believe it's a skill to understand what's inside of us. And because we delay under speaking out, we don't learn that skill of what's happening inside of me. So then I can't tell you who I am, what's important to me, why I value this conversation if I don't know what's happening inside of me. And then I can't share with you, you can't possibly know me. And I really believe that knowing is a cornerstone, a very important place, uh, link in love. And if I know you, I can love you so much better 
when I understand who you are. I remember being on a plane with a, a woman who shared with me when I shared with her what I was as a coach and I worked with relationships, she said, oh, she said, I took a personality assessment at work. She worked mm -hmm. in the justice system. Mm. And she said, I understand my daughter so much better after that personality assessment. I get along so much better with her because she's exactly the opposite of me. But now I understand her. Mm -hmm. And then she looked at me and she said, if I had have taken this assessment years ago, I think I could have saved my marriage. Wow. Because my daughter is exactly like my husband. And now we get along so much better. Mm. It's the power of knowing and understanding each other and each other's hearts in the midst of relationship. So that's definitely a co two common denominators, like not having the knowledge or the know-how mm -hmm. into how to have conflict, healthy conflict, and even being afraid of that conflict um, and not knowing how to assertively share what's going on inside of mm -hmm. ourselves to be able to speak that out and, and share that with another person. Oh, those were beautiful examples too of what that can look like and how you can overcome it too it doesn't have to stay stagnant if you're willing to do the work you're willing to assess what's going on for yourself and then being able to open up your heart and be vulnerable with your partner significant other or even your children too they have similar personalities um, as your spouse and you don't get along but it's really being able to take a step back and realizing we just all are so different there's still we a lot we don't know about the human brain and how we function and emotions can come in and out but recognizing too it's having those conversations and feelings are temporary but it's when we say something it's how do we deliver it and being able to in just our most authentic way as well and knowing it's coming from a good place. And that's what it sounds like too. And I'm just loving this conversation. <laughs> if you had to give two tips out of your experience starting your business as well that you wish you would have known in the beginning that you know now, what would those two things be? Number one, find a good trusted mentor. Um, that you can follow, stay the course, even when it's hard, uh, mm -hmm. be consistent. I think consistency mm -hmm. and it, it, just, it just as it is in relationship, it is in business to continue, even when you don't see results, continue to be consistent, continue to press in and lean into your mentor to um, understand what's getting you stuck. Because I think mindset in business is incredible. It is what will get us stuck mm -hmm. if we do not have somebody to lean into in those hard days so that we can continue to be consistent in showing up. Uh, however that looks, whether, whether you do lives on Facebook or whether you show up every week on Facebook, uh, I, I try to show up three, I show up three times a week uh, on mm -hmm. Facebook in posts um, or whether you're showing up on YouTube as you do, however that looks to be consistent in the midst of it. I think that is incredibly important. Um, and to get to gain those testimonies from your people 
they're proof of the work that you're doing and they're the results that you're getting and people need to know what you do. So they not only need to be educated in your field, whether for me it's coaching, they need to understand what coaching is and what it isn't. Coaching is not counseling, it's not mentoring. So they need to know what they're getting into before and I think it's important as my job to educate them, not their job to know. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, but they also need to know what I do and how I do that. And so for you to get that message out in the education that you, to educate people in what you do, I think it's really incredibly important. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I think it's very important to understand exactly what they're getting into, but also just knowing the framework. And I know you beautifully outlined that as well with your clients. Um, But I've been enjoying this conversation. I feel like there's so many valuable things that you have brought to this episode. Um, But we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Yes, sure. Okay. The first question is, who is your hero? My hero is Corey Ten Boom. Mm. I am amazed at the life that she lived, mm-hmm. how she inspired other people. She uh, was a woman who, um, during World War II, she and her family hid. Um, mm. They hid um, Jews from the Nazis, mm-hmm. and they risked, they risked their lives in order to do that. But then after the war, she went around the world mm-hmm. teaching people about forgiveness. And I can't even imagine what that is like, Dr. Caroline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that inspires me to live a bigger life, um, to keep forgiveness in front of me and to understand what that is. I continue to search for um, what that means. So she truly inspires me as someone who lived larger than her life was by the way that she not only was so brave, but then afterwards told her story to inspire so many people. What a phenomenal individual being able to recognize too that soul of wanting to help others to wanting to protect, but also just educating others of we all can live larger than life. It's just might not seem larger than life to us, but we could really be helping others. And that's what it's about. What motivates you to work smarter? My why motivates me. Um, I feel compelled and driven to share the good things that I've been given. Um, My story is not for me alone, but it's for others to whom it resonates with. I drive past a home. I remember this couple came to us desperate for help. They are together today. Their children have a mom and dad. Um, They're more in love and more passionate today than they ever were. And that makes me cry happy tears. And that reminds me of the impact of our work in our community and beyond. Yeah, that's my why. Mm beautiful why. That's why you do it. (laughs) And if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers? This is really funny. Okay. (laughs) I would be a fly on the wall. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. (laughs) In the home of the clients that I work with to see the real story behind what is really happening so we can get a quick diagnosis so I can truly help them quickly get to their wins and get back to connection. Making it all. And so if you were to share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? 
Oh, I would love to be Corey, Corey Tim Moon. <laughs> I would love to meet Dr. Edith Eggers. She was mm. also a survivor of the Holocaust mm. and uh, she had important messages about resilience and what a story she has. And But she also talks about the power of choice. And I think many of us live powerless lives and don't understand the power that we have in the choices that we make. And so I would love to sit at the table with her. I think we should invite uh, Michael Jr. for the comic relief, very intelligent <laughs> comedy. Uh, and I would love to thank Dr. Gary Smalley for saving our marriage as he did um, so many years ago when we read his book, um, Making Love Last Forever, I believe, was the title of the book. And I would love to thank him for and, and learn more from him. <laughs> well, that's going to be a powerful table right there. <laughs> Very empo like empowered, but also just looking at the bright side of things in life and just being able to dig through anything that we feel stuck with and just powering through it and looking at it from a different angle and a different lens. Beautiful table. <laughs> and what is the most daring thing you've ever done? I traveled alone to Paraguay mm. to meet the John Maxwell team. Oh, wow. But in the Argentine airport, uh, my husband was really clear before I left. He said, do not get off the plane in Argentina. The plane is going to fly through. It's going to stop, but you're going to stay on the plane. But then the flight attendant said to me, everyone must get off the plane. So I did. I left the departure area and I had to go back through security and there were two big sniffer dogs <laughs> and they were looking at me. One jumped on my back and I had visions of being surrounded by big burly security guys. <laughs> Terrifying. I thought, what did I do? <laughs> But one security guy, he came over and he, he taped a great big red X on my backpack. And then he directed me over to the search area. And that's where they found it. It was my contraband. Is that what they call it? Contraband? It was a, it was my gluten-free cinnamon roll. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I was really excited to take this trip because I've seen what happens when women transform their lives mm -hmm. and I've seen what happens when couples transform their lives. But John's theme is to transform whole countries. And so I wanted to see what does that look like? So every morning we got up, we did not know where we were going. Mm -hmm. We would line up whenever they called here, we're going to a place. We would line up and they would send a group of coaches off on a bus. We were teaching junior high students leadership skills and leadership values. And it was the most daring thing that I have ever done. Uh, if as far as you don't know where you're going, you don't know who you're going to see, you don't know exactly what you're doing, you do know the content that you're teaching. But you're you're also we were teaching in uh, through a translator. So we're, my first time working with a translator, there were so many firsts, <laughs> Dr. Caroline. <laughs> I love it. Just throwing yourself in there. <laughs> oh, what an experience. <laughs> um, what is the phone app that you use the most? Well, first of all, I'm going to say that I love the online world and most of my work is virtual. So, and when people say they don't like social media, I don't understand what they're saying. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to start there. I use Signal every day. My daughter and I communicate through mm. Signal. It's the only person I have on that app. And I love it because as soon as I get a message there, I know it's from her. And I immediately, she's my priority because we're working together. And so then I also use Facebook uh, almost every day, five days a week for sure, to connect with friends and family and with my clients as well, as well as potential clients. So uh, Facebook is my main, it's my main social media place as well. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, what is the last book that you've read or listened to? I generally have three books on the go at a time. <laughs> So right, now right. I'm <laughs> right now I'm slowly going through Zig Ziglar's Secrets of This Closing the Sale and loving that one. And for fun, I'm reading Lucy Maud Montgomery's The Blue Castle. I'm I'm almost done with that one. So it's it is a fun, fun story about a girl, young woman who was treated as a child and who broke free out of that. And uh, she talks about her blue castle. It's her dream. And eventually she gets to her blue castle. So it's just a very fun story. It's very witty, uh, written by Lucy Maud Montgomery, who is a local, who was a, a local author who wrote Anne of Green Gables many, many years ago. Mm. Look at that, the connections. <laughs> As you have a favorite family recipe, whether it's a traditional one or you just love making it together as a family. My favorite family recipe is my mother's turkey dinner. And it mm. would be our, our Christmas turkey dinner. She welcomed people. It, it didn't matter who you were. You, the more, the merrier. It sounds delicious, I'm sure. What is your favorite way to spend a day off? If you're not working, you're not seeing clients, what are you doing? Favorite way to spend the day off is at the beach with either a good book or my family, my grandchildren. Mm. Yeah. Good company. <laughs> the books and the children. Yes. <laughs> and what's something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Not everyone knows that coaching is not regulated. And I know that rules do not fix hearts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are some coaches who take advantage of people and they give coaching a sour name. And I think that it's important to hire a coach with integrity and one who walks the walk and even has their own coach. I think that's incredibly important that they are. I think it's always important for us to be accountable to somebody. And so uh, I think that People should know when they're hiring a coach, is this person trained, first of all? I think training is vital and, and very important. Mm -hmm. And then is this person, do they have integrity? And, and a good way to learn about that is through their references and or through their um, testimonies as well. Mm. Yes, you're exactly right. But, and I have enjoyed this conversation so much. Where can people find you, hire you, use your services? We're going to link everything below in the description, but if you could let us know too. Absolutely. Well, the best way to find us is through our seven-day challenge uh, because you can sign up for that challenge. It will be a weekly email, which will also, it, sorry, that challenge will bring you to our weekly email, which is called the Tuesday Brew with Anne. And then we share weekly communication tips there to help you communicate. It's forbetterforever.com forward slash challenge. 
And of course, my name is Ann Visser, and I'm on Facebook. And you can reach me by email at ann at forbetterforever.com. Oh, perfect. Well, Anne, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom of 42 years of being married yourself, but all the couples that you've been able to help over the years, now working with your daughter, joining forces to really grow this amazing service that you have to offer for your clients, but also the couples that you get to really work with and really help their relationships because that's what it's about at the end of the day. But thank you so much for your time and your energy today. Well, thank you, Dr. Caroline, for the work that you do and have done and continue mm -hmm. to do on your morning. And it's been a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Anne today? And we'll see you on the next video.